Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks. We are joined by Cynthia Lee Shang, the parish president for the parish of Jefferson. Cynthia, welcome to the show. Good morning, Noel. Thank you for having me. First, let me say happy new congratulations on the inauguration of your second term as parish president. Yeah, that was we really had a nice ceremony. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. And a new and our new council as well. Well, many other elected officials were inaugurated that day. Absolutely. Cynthia, as you look back on your first term, let's talk about it more of the first term as opposed to the context of 2023. Uh, What did you see as kind of the highlights and what did you see as the uh, ultimate challenges that you had during that first term? You know, no, you can't. That first term, just four years ago, was a, a term just defined by crisis. I mean, it's, it, that's all, all it was. It seems like we just couldn't ever play offense. You know, we started um, within a few weeks of, our, of all of us getting inaugurated. We had COVID hit. And then, of course, that lasted over a year, having to manage through all of that. Uh, we had Hurricane Ida um, in 2021. At the end of 2022, we had unprecedented tornadoes. Um, and even as of a couple months ago in 2023, we thought we could escape that without any kind of life-threatening or major event. We had, you know, um, 41 days of record-breaking heat and saltwater intrusion, which was never on anybody's plan. So I think in modern times, I mean, I think I was the parish president who's had to sign the, emer- the most emergency proclamations in the history of Jefferson Parish, and that happened well beyond the fourth year, you know. So um, that's what we're hoping for things to calm down. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen with extreme weather events. We already had to activate our emergency operations center this past week with the threat of tornadoes coming, and we don't take tornado watches and warnings lightly anymore, having um, been through what we what we went through last December with the destruction through West Bank. So, you know, I think I'm prepared that these extreme weather events will keep us very busy, but I'm hoping, you know, we can get through and have minimal loss of life as possible. That's That's my hope and prayer. So your answer is, is a lot of very good, good things happened too. That sounded pretty <laughs> depressing, but we had <laughs> no. in the meantime we had yeah. a tremendous amount of good things that happened and, and but it just seems like we were always trying to regroup quickly and then trying to get some initiatives done and then something else would kinda pull us back a little bit that we would have to respond it, to. So it was a similar answer that uh, former Governor John Bell Edwards gave the uh, me the other day during during the interview and I asked him, I said, Did was it frustrating uh, at a point where you, you 
you really felt like you weren't able to truly govern uh, because, as you said, you were always on the, the defense, right? Right. Well, it was because, you know, especially for the new council and myself four years ago when we came in in 2020, there's so much hope and everybody's got projects and you have new staff and you're so excited, things you're eager to get to. And look, I mean, moving a large government like Jefferson Parish, it's like moving a big ship and and you need years to develop some of these things. So it's not like, you know, time is very critical when you're only elected four years at a time. Right. So it was a big loss to us. Um, something like Ida, okay, it happens, and if it didn't affect you, you can get back to normal for pretty soon, but the rest of the parish isn't that way, so that takes us a tremendous amount of time. You know, getting Grand Isle back, Lafitte, Barataria, Crown Point was well into the next year. You know, we're still dealing with some of those issues, so it's extremely time-consuming just in terms of us, the meetings we have, the kind of conversations, the outreach that we have to do to other government agencies. It takes a lot of time, so I'm sure the governor felt that way. The, the thing about it that was great, though, and I, I don't mean to be like, you know, it, it, it sounds a little, you know, a little Pollyanna for me to say it, but it's the truth. Nothing builds a team like adversity. And yeah. when you're in the field and you're working together and you get to know one another and you're almost finishing each other's sentences – and it's and and that was the pride of what I could see, um, that the team was so good and they're already starting to do things and they're working together well. And so that kind of formed during COVID because we got really involved with COVID. We were not going to leave it to the hospitals to deal with it. We were getting vac- We were doing vaccination drives and testing and anything that we could do to help the community. We were in it, so we were kind of in this kind of quick management mode of getting out into the community and. Um, I think that just carried through through every kind of response we had to deal with. And we got even better to where saltwater intrusion is like, no big deal. We got this. And our team did have it. I mean, um, to, to, to the surprise of many, including myself, how did we solve that? We solved that at the local level, Noel. I mean, we, you know, Mark Drews and his public works team, Sydney Basley and our water department took a problem that would have hit every single pipe in every single building and they solved it. Um, I've always said, could we, would we have gone into salt water with the calm that we did? We were really under a ticking clock, unprecedented, never heard of. Salt water's coming in your pipes um, and go, you know, like the, the clock ticks now. And we, we handled it so well. We weren't yelling at one another. We weren't, it was just calm. And I've often thought we, only because we have been through the three years before that, were we able to kind of, break it down to just working efficiently without all the emotions that come with a crisis. Um, so it, it helps you sharpen the pencil, so to speak, for your team. And so um, we just feel very ready, but we want to get on to improving government the way on a daily basis that we want to do. And so hopefully there's not a lot of these kind of unplanned events that we have to respond to. And as, as you said, as cliche as all that sounds, it, it really is true. Um, you know, you go in not knowing people and really and how they're going to handle a crisis. I'm sure some surprised you, maybe some let you down. Your dad and I had those conversations in the aftermath of Katrina, and it really was a life lesson uh, and, more important, uh, a, a management lesson, right? Underestimating some, maybe overestimating others, and some right on right on target. Um, and it was really kind of a study in human nature. But during all of this, 
y'all also had other challenges, right? I mean, obviously, there were financial considerations, spending of dollars that you ordinarily wouldn't have, you know, need to spend, receiving dollars from the federal government. And I say this all the time, it's great to get the money, but you got to be in a position to receive it. Y'all seem to have done a really good job with that because there are a number of jurisdictions across the country right now that are suffering because they didn't do such a good job with it. They were spending these dollars on recurring expenses, and now they have budget deficits, and they're having to do cuts, and, you know, cutback management is not fun management at all. It's funny you you brought that up. I just got invited this morning to speak in D.C. on this very issue of how to get funds out post-disaster, how to receive funds. We're lucky in Jefferson Parish that we have – we're well staffed. You know, we have the resources. Some of the smaller parishes, when I go and meet with other parish presidents or mayors throughout the state of Louisiana, they don't have the staff. When we have a disaster, we embed a finance team with us. That's kind of doing the documentation as we go, counting the expenses. I mean, the, the, you know, Noel, you, you were with my dad post-Katrina. You, you're just, you're not sleeping. You're going weeks, you know, you're, you're just out every day trying to put out fires, trying to get things done you're you're going through expenses that maybe you're not going to capture later that that were reimbursable but you don't have somebody in there kind of documenting everything as you go you'll never get reimbursed and then you need the staff to get reimbursed to fill out all the paperwork and all the forms and and follow it for years later right so it's a lot the the financial piece to it is is a lot to try to get back as much as you could qualify for and if not it would really it would it would really handicap you because this is your operating money that you know that you need to to govern. So we're lucky in Jefferson Parish that we can staff up and have the staff. We're, we're proud that with Ida we've recouped more of our share of you know expenses than than anybody in the state. We're really proud of our team's very proud of that. But it's a lot of work in the background that the average citizen doesn't even know that we have to do. Um, but no, you're right with the team. You know when you're um, when you're together and there's no sleep and, and you're just kind of burning energy and the adrenaline kind of gets to you. And look, I have a new, I have kind of a new love for it because after Ida and all these things, I've, I get it. Like I, I told the operation, the emergency management people, like I get the high, I get why you, I, you all like to do this because it's a certain, um, your work is every day is a roller coaster. You know, you're, you're, you're yeah. doing the whole day. You're, you have a hundred new experiences. You know, I know what, um, unfortunately, um, I know what someone looks like who's lost everything. I, I, I know that look, I know it well because I've seen it multiple times, you know, and it's a different look than, um, if you lose a loved one through any other way through a regular death, you know, it's a different kind of loss. And I, I know what that face looks like because unfortunately I've had to see it. So that makes you, want to work even harder. I think when you're with people who've lost everything, you know, you've got to get them help. You've got to bring back a community. You have to see the bad things to give you the passion to keep working that next year and the next year and keep fighting for funds for infrastructure, just because you've, you've seen the worst that your community can go through. So it kind of fuels your, fuels your, your energy for your job. You know. And there's a there's a recognition, wouldn't you agree, at some point where um, you you really, in many respects, you and the team and 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 government as a whole is the only one that can provide it, uh, because there's, right. there's no one else kind of in that business, right? <laughs> it, it it's just this government agency. 
it's just this government agency. I mean, yes, you, you can call in some contractors from out of state. We certainly do that. But, yes, it's – and look how everybody focuses on the electricity and thinking, well, we can't go back. And, you know, the pressure's on us. We, we know it's expensive for people to be paying hotels or staying with relatives or they want, they want to get their businesses back up. So the pressure is intense. I just had a meeting with Entergy yesterday, you know, um, the pressure is intense for all of us. But with Ida, the pressure was intense for us the same way with a water and sewer system that was that was out. And so um, you have you're fighting a lot of fights at the same time. You know, you, you're having people to take care of. Uh, you're having to, to make sure the hospitals are on board, the, the nursing homes that still have people there, get what they need. You're, you're you're having to push food out. And at the same time, you're having to bring up these major public you're trying to put the community back together you know and working with our we have great first responders our firefight our firefighters and our police and they work together so they're out still responding and there's a tremendous amount of things that um that go on and with Ida I kept well I'm a note taker anyway so I'm writing notes the whole time because at the end of the day I might have to follow up with other people and it really was I've I've kept those notebooks because I said it really is an exercise of like all the crazy things that pop up in an emergency that just very few of us know about um, that you kind of have to live it to realize like these things pop up that, you know, maybe a professor who taught emergency management would never understand, you know? So it's, it's, I've always said, I got to go document this because this is what the locals see and what the locals have to deal with. We've got to tell that story to the people in DC who are really well-intentioned. You know, everybody blames FEMA for their slow response. These are just people like us. But we just all have to work in a government system that's slow and protects people and, and, and wants to make sure that they're sending money to the right places. So it has been an issue that I've been very passionate about only because we've, we've had to learn it so much. Um, but there are lessons that can be learned after every storm. You know, um, I've always said emergency management is, is so good at the local level to be that has to be flexible and the funding should come the funding should be as as flexible too, and then you know not take all these resources years later having to fight for it. It's it's an issue that I think all of us can say we could all do better from the federal, the state, and the local level on the funding piece. And then a lot of things that are not a lot, but a, a, another instance what you, people don't really think about. I'm curious if if you do because I used to reflect on this in, with an impending storm coming our way. We know that every one of those weather challenges really uh, uncovers the warts of our infrastructure, right? Mm-hmm. And and, yes. and pu- pushes them to the limit. And we know that there's going to be a certain failure rate. Uh, so while you're preparing and trying, you know, to do everything to get people in the best position, you already know that there's going to be parts of your infrastructure that are just going to collapse. I mean, it's just. It happens every time. Uh, you and know, then it's, and in Jefferson, we're an older community, and that's where we are anyway. Forget that we right. are open to like a lot of storms, which which even makes it more of a, a pressing situation for us. But you no, know, when you look at how we developed um, from the 1940s to the 1950s, Jefferson Parish doubled, and from the 1950s to the 1960s, Jefferson Parish doubled again. So we had an explosion of residential homes being built at that time. Um, you know, I guess my parents' house was built in 1966. And so 
the roads and the drainage and the storage were all built to support these new communities. Well, push forward, you know, 80, 85 years, whatever it is, these systems are old. Um, and yeah. that's where we are. So when you when you read about how this Florida community fared so well, well, usually it's a newer community, you know, that yeah. built to the latest design standards. And we were building to design standards of the 1950s. And it's old on top of that. So, you know, this word resilience that we always use and and certainly we found ourselves that was one of the first things speaking of like not getting to it. We wanted to go out for more and people just saw it in their bills. The, the water and sewer go up, the garbage went up, we had new recycling, that's why many people's bills went up, but we had to go to get more money from, from our citizens to modernize our, our water and sewer system. It's, it's necessary, we had to do it, um, because once, once it gets too broken to fix it, we had a pipe that busted um, near East Jefferson uh, Library. If we would have replaced the pipe before it broke, we, it would have been, you know, a $200,000 fix. It broke. We had to do it under an emergency. It's a $1.6 million fix. So we were going to start seeing that all over the parish, right? So you've got to replace this infrastructure, and we've, we're going to deliver the citizens a modern water and sewer infrastructure. It's going to come at a cost. It, it's necessary. It has to be done. But that's because we developed back in the 50s, right? And this is just the time where we, we got a lot of drainage improvements after Katrina. So that's settled for now, but now we're focusing on our water and sewer and exactly that after Ida, um, we had water and sewer issues because trees fell down and broke the pipes and we didn't have backup generators at all the lift stations. And so you had all these, we had to do a boil water advisory and, you know, sewers coming up on the street and that we can be more resilient with a, a more modern system. And so it all kind of it all kind of the problem is all there and it connects everything. So um, that's the good thing. I mean, we are going to do it. It's going to take some time. It's a 20 year process to replace everything, but that's probably this council and my term this last four years and it'll continue. That'll be one of our biggest achievements is delivering a modern water and sewer system to Jefferson parish. And it's funny how we never think of Yeah. And we never think of it in this context, right? You just said that your parents' house was built in 1966, uh, you know, uh, and you start adding the numbers up as to the age of it. We don't think it's, you know, that old, but when you think about everything that services that, um, especially underground, uh, susceptible to flooding, this, that, and everything else. And it's kind of like, wow, our infrastructure is old. I mean, when we look to our neighboring parish, Orleans, we feel kind of young. (laughs) <laughs> but right. Not necessarily. Yeah. Theirs is so, a lot older. Right? Yeah. But it, <laughs> but, it needs you know. to get replaced and it's being strained, you know, with this severe weather events, it's being strained even more. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. We got to get to a break. We're visiting with Cynthia Lee Shang, parish president of Jefferson Parish. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks. We're visiting with Parish President Cynthia Lee Shang. She's a parish president of Jefferson Parish, and we were talking about um, Ms. Shang's first uh, term of four years she's now in her second term which just uh inaugurated i guess what one january 3rd right uh, yeah january 3rd mm-hmm. january 3rd and uh so what in, in 2024 what do we see as uh some of the big initiatives or uh challenges for both you and, and the jefferson paris council well i think it's like i said the water and sewer we're going to have a tremendous amount of projects being pushed out there what we're doing a new uh, lab. We're one of the few parishes that are able to um, test our own water um, pipe replacement. So throughout the parish, you're going to see a lot of water and sewer projects for the next couple of years that, you know, the council's picking, um, working on those projects with us. Um, we have a lot of new buildings going up, talking about aging things. Our buildings age. And so, you know, every year we have, we're replacing an animal shelter on the East Bank and we have a juvenile services and a transit hub over at David Drive. And, you know, just new libraries and senior centers. So we're busy on all of that. Um, and then one thing, Noel, that Jefferson Parish, we talked about aging housing. Well, we're aging as well. So um, we are an older parish. We are older than the national average. We're older than the state average. And the percentage of our population over 65 is also a greater percent of that. So, I mean, it's almost like 19 or 20 percent of us in Jefferson Parish are over the age of 65. When you look back to 1970, there was only 5 percent of the people um, over the age of 65. So that requires different different government services. Um, and we're I'll say we're good at how we do our financing because everything's transparent. But our senior services comes to us in a lot of different revenue streams and different programs. And it's it's not consolidated, and that's something that I really, you know, want to untangle. Councilman Bonanno brought it up, too. He understands. So the council members know it's something that we could probably do better, but it's tied to the funding source and how it comes to us, and that just gets complicated. So that's just getting into the weeds of government, but it's something that's going to take a lot of time, and I think there's a big commitment by a lot of us to try to fix that some kind of way. Might have you to go to not, the voters and just get some money reallocated, not not a new tax, so to speak, but just kind of relook at things and move money from one funding source to another or or something like that. Um, clean it up, if you will, to to address the the kind of citizens we have now, which is older. We want to be able to provide more senior services. So, and you may you may not know this, but I'm sensitive to that topic because uh, that category <laughs> that you just defined, I I entered it today. So. 
Oh, really? So, <laughs> so, well, happy I just, birthday. I just, I just walked into that category today. So, oh, over my 65. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, see, we just want to improve our services to people like you, Noel. So, you there know, you that's, go. happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> and um, I, obviously, this is something that will continue through the, the whole next term because the, these are, are long term projects how concerned are you uh though because when you when you talk to demographers and others um this is a very difficult thing to turn around you know as we deal with economic development you're trying to get a younger population to move into your parish uh, because the whole way that you deliver services to the older um, po- the older part of the population is different uh than the way you deliver services to a lot of a lot of others it, it is. It's a different set of services. And, you know, that's why we, when we did Recreation Reimagine, and we're still in the midst of doing that, like kind of relooking at our, our recreational facilities or similar to what this Jefferson Parish school system did. It's because we were a younger parish. We had a lot of kids. We were building recreation facilities. We were building schools. And now we have some empty buildings. And so you've got to reprogram it because the citizens look different, right? So mm-hmm. that's the concern. We are always, every community is trying to attract younger people to it. And that's really what's going on is we we're all aging at the same rate. It's just that we're not getting a lot of younger people into the parish to help pull down that median age. Right. So, um, and that's when you look at, well, how easy is it to move? How easy is it for a young family to move here? And that's when you you come right around to the insurance crisis. Like, you know, my flood insurance just went up another 16%. I wrote the check the other day. It it went up that much last year. You know, the homeowner's insurance crisis, we're in a crisis. We've got to get that settled some kind of way. Um, And look, this used to be a problem in the hurricane zone. We're seeing this hurricane zone going anywhere in the state, right? Like California had a hurricane this year. The Northeast got hit. So it's, I guess that's good for us that it's no longer just a Gulf Coast problem. It's, it, it can be a Northern state problem as well that helps us. So we're not just fighting DC, you know, from, from ourselves and having people say, well, why do you live down there? Well, these, these extreme weather events are affecting more and more people. That certainly helps us politically try to fight for, you know, insurance reform. Um, But these are the issues that you look at that what's preventing a young family from moving in, you know? Um, And the insurance piece is definitely something because young families want to, they want to not rent. They want to put, get equity in their home and, um, start up, start, you know, with their starter home. And you always want to be the community that has a place for them, an affordable place for them. And that's, that's some of the struggles there with that. I'm sure you, like other leaders, trying to get your hands around this insurance situation. I am too, just as a talk show host. I'm reading as much as I can consume about it. How optimistic are you, though, that in the short term we're going to actually be able to reach some meaningful solution to this i think it's not just an insurance issue you know an insurance company is going to have shareholders and they're going to make the right fiscal choices and the fact is they've lost money in this market i think it's on us too to do different building construction Um, we've updated the state updated our our own building construction last year so when you come build a new house you have to build it to a new mandate I think the fortified roof is very critical. Um, I think, you know, I'm a big proponent of fortified roofs. That's a, that's, that's, you know, deemed 
fortified by. It's an, actually an insurance nonprofit that does that. So I think it's not just us saying, well, this, this, we got to negotiate better than the insurance companies. I think we all have a part in it. We have to look at our home construction different, you know, and we have to build, build to withstand a, a, a tougher storm. I think it's all of our responsibility. And of course, it's more expensive to do that, right? So, um, you know, I think the grants at the fortified roof at the state, um, you know, were all used up. And, and I would love to, to also do get some local funding uh, or get some federal funding and then we'd match it with local dollars so that we can get that going at the parish level. Um, that's something that I'm working on um, with the Home Builders Association. It's discussions going on. So um, I think we all – have to look at our own home and say we all have some responsibility to do this too and it's not just because the insurance companies are not going to come they're going to look it's about keeping the roof on your house right that's that's what they're yeah, looking at no, how, how likely is this roof going to stay on your house so we can affect that right we can make that change um i wish i would have there been about a fortified have, roof a couple years ago so, yeah me too because i just replaced right? it two years ago you would have done um, it and then and then with the, absolutely with the lower insurance premium well, you're you're putting the front end money to it, but eventually, with lower premiums, you'll hopefully recruit recoup that difference, right? So, um, I think this is the future of it. It's not just insurance and not just throwing money and 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 subsidizing them for be here, but we have a responsibility too. We did something at in Jefferson Parish last year is we, we required to get a permit for for roofing. You have to come to the parish and get a permit, which we we can check and make sure you're putting on the new kind of roof to the standard, which is not a fortified roof standard, but it is a, a, a higher standard that hopefully will get the attention of insurance companies to write more policies in Jefferson parish. We're like, okay, the parish is looking at this and it's a permit. So we're doing everything we can to make ourselves more attractive to the insurance companies to write policies here. Um, but I think all of us have a role in that, even the homeowner. Has there been in the conversations that y'all have had with the HBA and others, uh, has there been any talk about increasing the height of a slab elevation? I don't know, Noel. I'll have to ask. I have not been on those conversations, but um, for flooding purposes, um, is that what yeah, you mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, when you look mm -hmm. around, I, I'm in a neighborhood. You know where I live. I mean, in Old Metairie, mm -hmm. two-thirds mm -hmm. of the houses are built up off the ground, and the others are built on a slab. I'm on a slab. Those streets that have had uh, historically a propensity to flood, uh, typically, it's the slab homes that get water in them, and, and the houses that are raised don't get water in them, you know, and and, right. and and it seems to me it's not by accident. Just one of the other things that rubs me the wrong way as well, especially relative to power outages, when we have power lines running in front of our houses or in the back of our houses, why do we allow people to plant trees between the sidewalk and the street? Right. Uh, that's the location of the utility poles. I, it would seem to me that mm -hmm. we would just ban that, that you cannot plant, you know, a tree in in that area and it gets all tangled up. And then we have to you guys are spending. I don't I don't know how much money y'all spend. I see the crews out all the time, as well as energy clearing trees from that are all wound up in, in utility lines. Um, that part know, of the street is a weird part of the street, right? So, well, yeah, and you've got all the other the utility. You, you, you got gas running through there, water running yeah. through there, you know, sewer running it, through it, there. I mean, why don't we just abolish actually, the practice of planting a tree between the sidewalk and the street? I right. Mean, you know. Yes. 
maybe you're onto something. No, maybe that's something we need to look at because that is parish property, right? So that's not the homeowner's yeah. property, but we make the homeowner maintain it. So right. over time, we would let people plant. I mean, people go put landscaping there. I, we haven't enforced it. We we really never have, but we will have to go ruin it and. You know, if the homeowner says, "Hey, you got to replace my tree," I think we say, "No, we don't, because this is our property, and you shouldn't have planted it there in the first place." So I think it's just one of those kind of weird property issues between between the street. Well, and the I mean, because the, the beauty of y'all, y'all have the y'all, you know, you have to get an occupancy certificate, and if somebody went and planted a new tree in that area, you don't get it because it doesn't belong there. I mean, because right. right. I mean, you think about the cost. And and I I don't know if anybody's ever quantified this between um, uh, Entergy and you guys of of all the maintenance of these trees that, that we have. And I'm I'm not suggesting that we go cut the trees down. I'm just suggesting that mm-hmm. you know when people tear homes down and they put a new home and there wasn't a tree there that they're not allowed to put a tree there. Um, you know so that we can deal you know kind of gain on this issue and have less less problems from a power perspective. Uh, because exactly. we know yeah. nine chances out of ten, it's a tree that's that's causing the, the power disruption that we have. Yes, <laughs> yes, trees but fall anyway. power, and like <laughs> we go back to the earlier conversation, water and sewer. The roots underneath the trees falling are not good for our our pipes under the ground. So. Right. Well, I'll get off my soapbox now. we got to get to a break. <laughs> We're visiting with the parish president of Jefferson Parish, Cynthia Lee Shang. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, folks. We're visiting with... Parish President Cynthia Lee Shang for the Parish of Jefferson. Cynthia, I was reading it uh, in, I guess it was in the paper today and being reported here at WWL about uh, an Inspector General report relative to firefighters living full-time at firehouses. What is that issue about? So, you know, our fire services on the West Bank and and also one on the East Bank are are kind of like – they're not employees of the parish. They're they're volun- these volunteer companies. They're nonprofits, and we do contracts with them to provide the, the services. So, um, the I think the inspector general got a call in that some people were living at a firehouse and you know went out there and um, and I think the chief admitted that that was certainly happening. I think some of them might have been a post Ida issue, but I'm sure the practice is going to stop now. So. It was regarding that, um, but these are not uh, employees that report to me. This is a, a this is like a contract that we do with the all the volunteer 
fire agencies on the West Bank and then, of course, on River Ridge on the East Bank. And then the rest of the East Bank, East Bank Consolidated is Jefferson Parish employees. So it's fire looks different depending on where you are in the parish. And it's not consistent in terms of the employment. So I guess the, the rub was they were staying there on duty as well as off duty. Uh, and that I was, think the that rub was, is guess, also that family members were there, too, and then there were children okay. there. But I don't think they could – I think the inspector general got the tip. I, th- I don't know that they could verify exactly. And, look, it gets a little confusing because firefighters do sleep there. So who was sleeping there right. when? And, you know, so – and then I think the chief said, you know, well, they are allowed to sleep here at certain times. So – it's related to that, um, but it's it, it's the contract that we have signed with them. The, the council approves the contract with all of the volunteer firefighter agencies, and and then we have to abide by the contract. So it's something that we're looking at. I mean, there there's it, it's difficult to manage. Finally, we got them under the same contract because that was really hard when every different volunteer agency had different contracts, right? So as of a couple of years ago, I was on the council. We all had a standard contract. Um, but I think, and you know, I didn't really, I, I read the report kind of quickly. I don't know the time frame that this happened under. I don't know if it was after Ida, you know, or, um, or more recent. Yes. So let's talk about something a little bit more current. Mardi Gras is right around the corner. Recent study, uh, revealed in New Orleans by Tulane, uh, almost a billion dollar impact to their economy, um, what do you hear about the impact of Mardi Gras to the economy in Jefferson Parish? I don't know exactly our numbers. I mean, we, I know we have it. Jefferson Convention Visitors Bureau would certainly have it. But it's just, um, I think it it adds to our economy, certainly, um, with, with the hotels and the extra activity with restaurants and all the buying of costumes and beads. It's part of our tradition that that's, that's certainly we're very proud of. Um, but it also could take away from retail, I think. You know, we, we have a parade route that goes down Veterans Boulevard. Um, I know Lakeside Shopping Center probably gets affected. So at some level, it's sort of a transfer of money for a period of time. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, I'm sure we get a great bump to it. And it's something that we're all proud of. And we have incredible crews um, that work hard all year to, to put on a good show. And, um, you know, it's, it's just it's just part of the people that we are so we're all we're all really excited about carnival season got a text here asking whether or not family gras is going to take place this year yes family gras is going to take place i don't know the details i haven't been updated i don't think they've released the bands yet but um yeah that was their next place. question we're looking forward to it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah they'll do a big release on the band so um right and they're really good they usually get you know an 80s band that's the one i'm looking at or in the 50s 60s and then something for the younger kids that i usually don't know that band name so <laughs> that, that <laughs> exactly. me when i don't know those band names <laughs> so well thank you so much for joining us spending the hour with us we know you're busy we really appreciate your time and your insight and have a great week thank you thank you Noel. thanks Alrighty, folks, that was Cynthia Lee Shank, Parish President for the Parish of Jefferson. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back, folks. When we come back after the top of the news break, we'll visit with the new Secretary of State for the State of Louisiana, Nancy Landry. And in the back half of the hour, we'll visit with Mike Petrelli, President of the Thomas B. Fordham Institute, and we'll talk about the misguided war on the SAT. Colleges have fled standardized tests on the theory that they hurt diversity. 
Well, that's not what the most recent research shows. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.